0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gons. We're on to episode 27 and we've got a great week ahead because we're back with more paddle and a new tournament being played. But as always, I'm joined by my co-host Hugo. It's great to have you here. How are you doing today?
1: Thanks very much Gons for the welcome. I'm well, I could be better. I've been ill for the past few days, as you No, so I hope the fans don't hate my voice too much. It sounds like a five-year-old kid's voice. Um, But moving on from that, yeah, I'm I'm very well and really looking forward to this week because we actually don't have that many weeks of paddle left this season, professional paddle that is, Premier Paddle World Paddle Tour. So yeah, buzzing, I'd say,
0: (laughs) very much so. And there's still a lot to play for. Obviously, there's still the number one spot up for grabs, and uh, yeah, let's see if, if it does get decided this week. But we did want to start this episode by speaking about Ale Galan's recent interview once again with Peinte Diez, our colleagues who just uh, are smashing it, to be honest, this year. The amount of content that they managed to produce and and the people that they, they managed to speak to is unbelievable. And this is ov- this is as well the second time they speak to Ale Galan in the season, which is, uh, which is obviously great. And yeah, Hugo, I guess I wanted to start by maybe mentioning the fact that Ale Galan did sort of leave in the air, that he wasn't going to continue with, with LeBron. And let me just say that quickly, not to confuse everyone. He did not say that he was going to leave LeBron, but he just didn't confirm at all right? He didn't go out there and and leave a a clear statement of, yes, Juan and I are definitely going to continue next year. He said that it's a decision that they just always look at at the end of the year and they speak about the the season retrospectively and then they analyze if if they want to continue or not. Now, obviously, having said that, he also didn't say like, oh, things aren't looking great and all of that. Obviously, I think that the the performances that they've been having recently and how they're they're managing, or at least seemingly to, to manage the the end of the season, could lead I guess lead us to believe that they will continue together because it's obviously been a, a positive end to the season at least thus far. We'll see how it actually ends, but yeah, I guess I wanted to start with that, given that it's been a very hot topic for us. And uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Well actually just before delving into that i wanted to reiterate and give another massive shout out to our colleagues at bender and i have to say it would be a dream to have them on our podcast for one of our episodes at some point because i'd love to just ask them a few personal questions obviously they always ask such good questions to players or coaches or whoever they interview and a lot of them are personal and they're really good I'd love to turn it around and ask them some personal questions like, who's your favorite player? Who do you think is the best player? in, if everyone's in equal conditions, etc. So hopefully one day <laughs> if we keep doing well, but yeah, I mean, it's strange because it, during that interview, when they asked that question about, will you remain together with on next season? It started off seeming like he was basically confirming that, yes, that rumors aren't true, et cetera. But then he, changed and just left it completely open saying we're not I can't confirm that we're one hundred percent together because it's something that as you said we evaluate at the end of the season. So obviously it's great for my bet and my <laughs> punt because my punt was looking let's just say hopeful <laughs> over the last couple of weeks given how well they've been performing. But yeah, I mean I think Listening to land, it seems like it's more of a yes than a no, which I think we already knew. But the fact that he leaves it open probably hints towards the fact, well, towards what I was saying, and I think it's going to massively depend on the last few tournaments of the season. I think they need to win, I'd say, at least one, maybe two, probably just one if they perform really well in the rest, to say we're sticking together, at least in my eyes, because if they don't win any, as I said last week or a couple of weeks ago, I think they may question themselves. And, you know, I don't want to go back to the point of what, what we've said a lot regarding the fact that I don't think there's a better teammate for either of them than either of them. <laughs> but it is true. So it would be a really bold move, particularly when Goyon and Stupa and Dineno are playing so well and they're so solid it would be a very risky move to be like, okay, let's jump ships and try with someone who on paper is probably worse than Galán or Lebron because I genuinely think that the only players that are at their level or above are and Nongoi and Tapia they won't be separating anytime soon so yeah, very interesting to hear his analysis on that and we'll see how that evolves over the next few weeks but yeah i thought it was a great interview as as you said and one of the other things that he also alluded to was the fact that he didn't feel like they'd had a chance and a shot to defend the number one position in world paddle tour on court which in a way is true and i'm sure that if you or me if we were in galant shoes or level shoes we'd probably think the same. At the end of the day, they did play each other for the number one spot and they lost. Were they 100% fit? I'm not sure. Although at the same time, Tapia and Goye have had their fair you know, string of niggles and injuries. So are players always at 100%? Should that be weighted that highly? Probably not. Probably so, not.
0: Exactly. I, th- I think if you're on the court, you can play.
1: I agree. I agree. And yeah, obviously, lebanon's injury has been very serious and we saw how he came back. And then he just had to stop playing again for an extended period of time, which obviously su- suggests that he wasn't feeling comfortable at all on court and wasn't at full capacity. But we saw Dabia winning without being able to smash. So there's ways around it, Just trying to find those solutions and finding a win and winning matches and beating the best pairs when you're not at your peak is also part of the game. So I do totally understand the way they feel and what Alan was saying. At the same time, I think Guayantabia fully deserved of the number one spot. And he did allude to it as well. He did say that W have been sensational this season. And they've had one of the best seasons that professional panels ever seen. So he was very accepting of it. But, yeah, I thought he was quite adamant when talking about the fact that he didn't feel that they'd been able to compete in the same conditions, right?
0: Yeah, very much so. And maybe just quickly, as well as speaking about Ale Galán and Juan Lebron as a partnership together... I think that having such an opportunity to, to address the question, the fact that he didn't straight away go and, and confirm it, I think, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I just think he was actually telling the truth and being honest and being like, I actually don't really know. And, and obviously the inclinations were like, yes, it's, it, it all sort of seemed like they were de- they will continue, but I think he was truthful and he was being honest where he had an opportunity to just be like, no, we're definitely gonna continue and just shut down the rumors completely. So I th- I do think that there's still a slight chance there. Obviously it's more likely that it will continue than not, as we've mentioned before. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting because it's a, it's a clear opportunity to just completely shut down the rumors, no more speculation, maybe finish the season without any drama or anything like that. But instead you sort of leave the door open. But uh, anyways, we'll see how that cookie crumbles. And um, <laughs> speaking about the, Actually, the... Just
1: before you, you move yeah. on, what would you, Go. in your, your eyes, what's the percentage likelihood that they stay together, they split?
0: I'd say 80-20, they stay together and they split.
1: I'd probably say something like 70-30 because of... I think the fact that it's very dependent on the last few tournaments. But, yeah, I just wanted to get kind of a number. And I'd love to hear what our fans think. <laughs> but you were going to move on, weren't you?
0: Yeah, exactly. So speaking about the the race uh, and the fact that they couldn't, I guess, fight for it. Yeah, that's that's very true. I think at the end of the day, like no one can deny Koya and Tapia's season and the fact that they should be the number one. Uh pair, I think something that was quite interesting that he said there as well was that he Galan didn't do a, a proper pre-season because he was getting healed for one of his injuries that he that he got towards the end of the year. And he sort of mentioned like the reason why he did that was because he didn't really think that essentially he would really need to compete for anything at the beginning of the season. And um, and he thought that the challenges might come later on in the season when perhaps there's like a certain pair like hitting peak form, or they let's say like more tournaments have passed, so certain pairs have maybe won more more tournaments, gotten more points, and maybe their number one pair or, or position would would be be threatened there. So yeah, it, w- it was just quite interesting to to see that. I think it just shows like how probably everyone was surprised to see Koyan Tapia hit like the ground, basically hit the ground running so much since so early, because I think at the beginning, when we first heard that Koyan Tapia were going to pair up, everyone was extremely excited about it because individually, they're two players that just like really get you off your seat. Like you buy a ticket just to see them because honestly they're box office. But at the same time, there were a lot of questions around their fit, and how they they would play together th- their styles so i think that yeah that was quite a, an interesting leak there from, from galan and the fact that he essentially was was saying like oh yeah i i basically under what, like didn't want to do a preseason, rather get properly um prepared like and, and healed from his injury because he thought that essentially the beginning of the season was going to be a bit more relaxing than than the end.
1: And I've got to be honest, I did love his honesty throughout the whole interview. And he is quite an honest guy because he does speak his mind. And sometimes he says things that people don't like. Towards the end of the, the interview, he well mentioned the reason why he said that he wouldn't be playing in the World Paddle Tours Buenos Aires. Tournament, which obviously won't be happening anymore, happening anymore due to issues between the promoter and the World Paddle Tour. He'd had his own fair share of issues with the promoter, and he was very vocal about it. So I do love his honesty, and the fact that they had in their mind, and they, him and Leveron thought that no one was really going to challenge for the number one spot, is. Totally reasonable because they were pretty comfortably ahead. And even though Dabia and Sanyo were getting closer towards some stages throughout last season, they weren't really, really fighting for it fully, I'd say. um You always felt that Leverand and Galan were a step ahead if they were all in peak form. So yeah, great, great to hear that. And I'm sure they were pretty surprised when the two absolute animals of Goya and Dabia just kept winning tournaments. Imagine how stressful that must have been. You, through a whole preseason, you plan, Dalan misses his preseason, then Lebron gets injured. Seriously, for the first time in his career, really, everything happens at the same time. And they lose the number one spot, not only due to that, but in a big part due to Lebanon's injury and their not perfect form. So, yeah, I'm sure they're frustrated.
0: <laughs> yeah, as he labels it, it's been the shit year uh, in Spanish, el año de mierda. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, it was, yeah, it, as you say, like, it's obviously great to to hear Galán speak because he's he's always very truthful and honest.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, So, to be honest, I don't think there's anything else we're missing regarding key topics in that interview, right Gons?
0: No, I think those are the main things that we wanted to discuss and, and, and found more most interesting for sure.
1: Agreed. So, moving on, I think one other big topic that has been announced, and I'm very excited about it personally, is part of Premier Paddle's 2024 calendar starting next season. As we all know, Premier Paddle has acquired World Paddle Tour. World Paddle Tour disappears. And for next season, we will have a unified tour. Galan actually spoke about how important that is for Paddle and how happy the players are, mainly due to fatigue because they're having to play so many tournaments and so many matches this season. We've seen so many big injuries and players having to pull out...
0: yeah, I think, yeah, we, we sort of said in the in last episodes, just to give an indication to what you've just said, that in um, in a space done by Paro Break, where they brought LeBron's fitness uh, coach, he said that they've played, they've gone from 60 matches uh, a year to 130 LeBron has played. So yeah, just, just to give an indication of how hectic the, ha- the calendar has gotten with two tours.
1: I mean, that's just insane. And think about 130 matches. That's more than a match every three days. Am I right? Yes, it is. Yeah. In a year. And that's not taking into account all the other matches that they play, right? Because say, so 130 matches in a year and there's 365 days in a year. So, Mm. I mean, third of the days of the year you're playing. And also you've got to take into account how many matches they play during preseason, during training, etc. So, the amount of paddle these players have to consume and train and play is baffling. And yeah, I've got to be honest, I'm not happy that the World Paddle Tour disappears as a brand and as an entity because it's essentially given birth to what professional paddle is today. And there's so many important people and faces it at the World Paddle Tour. And we don't really know whether they'll still be part of Paddle going forward, professional Paddle that is. Hopefully they are. But it is great for the players that, as I say, tournaments have been unified. And what I wanted to mention is that it's been announced that five tournaments will be hosted in Spain, which was a surprise for some people because some were expecting that given that premier paddle's taking over and they're aiming paddle to be a well as global as possible they were potentially expecting fewer tournaments in spain personally i think it's the right ta- transition because you need it it's got to be smooth you can't go from having a massive amount of tournaments in spain to two or one or three I think five is a good number. I don't know how many tournaments will make up the calendar. I think it's around 25, if I'm not mistaken. So 20% of tournaments in Spain, I think, is a fair amount. You'll still have 20 out of 25 tournaments elsewhere. And the cities that they've chosen are Barcelona, Madrid, Malaga, Seville, and one out of Valladolid, Bilbao, and Valencia which still has to be confirmed. They're all great cities. Obviously very happy that Paddle will be coming back to Madrid. That's great for Paddle. And we know how big Paddle is in Andalucía. So the fact that Malaga and Sevilla will be hosting events is great. And I don't think Sevilla has been an event for the World Paddle Tour, at least not recently. It's just good to see that Paddle's going to one of Spain's biggest cities, really. But... Yeah, what were your thoughts on the announcement?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think as you say, it doesn't, I completely agree with your point of the slow transition. And to be honest, they are already, so currently in the World Paddle Tour, there's nine tournaments in Spain and they're dropping it, essentially dropping it down to five. And if you combine, let's say, World Paddle Tour and uh, Premier, there's more, so there'll be, well Madrid there'll be 10 tournaments so at least they're dropping it 50 percent so that's already quite a big drop I feel but as you say they they do need to make sure that this transition is done as smoothly as possible I think that if they're doing around that 25 tournament mark they'll still have plenty of opportunities to go elsewhere in the in the world and expand the brand but the way that paddle is essentially going to grow is by keeping the current base really really happy of let's say like users um, viewers all of that and then from there on you start expanding and, and you start growing so I think it's it's the right move I'm obviously still very very excited to see tournaments elsewhere and I'm sure that they'll also go to new places that for example maybe world paddle tour hasn't gone to so that's going to be exciting to see when they release the, the next part of the calendar. And yeah, I think the only request that I have is that please, out of the one that they were choosing between Bilbao, Valladolid and Valencia, it's uh, Valladolid because I think that playing and, and seeing Pado in, in La Plaza Mayor of Valladolid is absolutely magic. So uh, I really hope that that is a tournament that, um, that stays in, in the calendar.
1: Agreed, and also for Coelho's sake. I mean, personally, I love the fact that paddle is played and a big tournament is hosted in by Adoliv. My yard is emblematic, really. And if I'm not mistaken, Coelho lost the final there this season yeah. against the Berbibes in that epic game, which basically turned around their season. And if I'm not mistaken, he might have lost last year's final in Valladolid against Leveron and Galan. He was playing with Bela. So he's had a bit of a tough last couple of tournaments, obviously making the finals great, but I'd love to see him win at home. So, yeah, but just to reiterate, fully agree, I think the transition going from nine tournament spaces in Spain to five is great, and just really looking forward to hearing about the next, well, the other host cities if you had to pick one city that paddle hasn't been hosted at at least one of the big professional paddle tournaments which one would it be in terms so, of next year next year's calendar
0: yeah i'm going to be quite biased and i'm going to say london because i live in london and it would be pretty amazing to have a paddle tournament in like let's say your wimbledon queens something like that i think that would be pretty epic obviously we've seen how premier have expanded to to places such as roland garros in in paris and being able to play there and in for example in rome in the foro italico where the master 1000 gets played from from tennis but these are like emblematic racket sport venues and like if you if they manage to to do a tournament in London, which I'm pretty certain they will, given just how how relevant and how big London is uh, as a city in in Europe. Uh, so if they manage to do it in such an emblematic place like Wimbledon, I think that would be just incredible.
1: I agree. I've got to be honest. If I could pick one place, and obviously you and I are biased. I don't live in London yeah. anymore. I'm in Madrid, but lived in London for a long time and half English. So would love to watch professional paddle in London, I'd definitely come over and stay at yours for a few nights to go and watch every day's matches. Exactly, <laughs> so yeah. One one other place that I was thinking I'd love to watch, well, I'd love to see them go as far as Australia, to say wow. somewhere like Sydney or Melbourne. I think it'd be so cool to have players travel that far to play a tournament.
0: But yeah, I think we'll potentially see. the the earnings might have to increase a little bit though before we they get to australia because that that plane ticket is not going to be it's not going to be cheap
1: <laughs> agreed agreed it's a it's a serious trek i'm sure quite a few players would consider pulling out also the time difference etc so it's it's a tough one but i just love for example in tennis when they kick off the season in yeah. january with the australian open I've always loved the Australian Open. I actually prefer it to the US Open, for example. And yeah, I just love them to to kick off with the Australian Paddle or Premier Paddle Major or something like that. (laughs) Um, Also, if they played in the Australian summer, which is obviously our winter, maybe the season would start a bit earlier so we wouldn't have to live without Paddle for so long.
0: Yeah that that is true. You, you I think you're you're selling me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um so yeah moving on from that onto another quite interesting and very well I think it's a great piece of news is the news regarding DaZone and A1 Paddle. So if I'm not mistaken Gons they have agreed a deal to basically broadcast the rest of the tournaments until the end of the season. So the rest of the A1 Paddle tournaments will be broadcasted on zone. So basically for the remainder of 2023.
0: Correct. And this is just in Spain. But I think it's quite big news given that in Spain, essentially the only broadcaster that has gotten into Paddle is Movistar Plus via uh, World Paddle Tour? But uh, I think this just marks a significant step into just the commercial- commercialization of, of, of paddle and, and how that will evolve, especially heading into next year. I think the fact that the zone have gotten involved with A1 could potentially be a preview of of who they're going to get involved with in in 2024 and and the fact that they're going to be to be a part of it and i think it's great for paddle because obviously the more interest that there is from broadcasters the more revenue that goes into into paddle the more revenue the players get and it's just essentially the how the wheel we essentially the the funds start flowing in into the sport, and then it just tr- trickles all the way down into making the sport more viable, more 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 professional, and obviously uh, grow a lot more. Which is, I think, what what everyone that's that's involved in paddle wants, and and obviously both of us do as well because we we love the sport. So uh, so yeah, it's a we thought it was a great piece of news to to discuss, and yeah, I would love to to get your thoughts on it as well, Hugo.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's great for paddle and it's also great for the A1 paddle players because there's a lot of talent there. So we've seen Ausburger playing A1 paddle tournaments. We've also watched Chothas play A1 paddle consistently and that's basically enabled him to then jump into the World Paddle Tour, which is still a level above A1 paddle, but it has a lot of talented players particularly a lot of young up and coming Argentine players who I love watching myself because they've all just got that kind of extra bit of flair, I feel. And they always try to go for something different. I think we can see when we watch Stabia, or even Estobasuk, obviously As as well. They've got that extra magic in them. And I guess the, Argentine up and coming players try to imitate them in a way. And well, obviously we'll be able to watch players like Arce, Dalbianco, Pascual, even Dolitarire, who is the Trick Shot King. For those of you who don't know, you should check him out on YouTube. I actually think he is the Trick Shot King when we were talking about who the Trick Shot King is a few months ago on our one of our episodes. We were talking about Dabia. LeBron, even Yanguas with his drop shots, Momo Momo. His obviously, yeah. But we did not mention Toledo. And trust me, I actually think I've seen it's fair probably point. the best shots from him. So,
0: yeah, yeah he's, great for paddle. He's, he's got an unbelievable touch. It's just crazy what he can do with, with a ball and, and a paddle racket.
1: It's unbelievable. And also, he's not that fit. So he's one of the best yeah. players on the A1 paddle tour. And look, Full respect, I love watching him, and it just shows how you're still able to perform right at the top of the game without being that fit. I mean, he's got a even a bit of a tub, um, without you know trying to sound too too nasty. Uh, but you know, I wish I had that tub if I played as well as he does. So, so yeah, I can't wait, can't wait to watch him on Spanish TV. Uh, via Dazone. And as you say, it's great to hear that more broadcasters are getting involved in the industry in professional paddle, because ultimately that'll just drive prices up. And even though it might not be that good in terms of we might start have have to pay more to watch paddle, hopefully that money then gets invested into, well, Premier Paddle, paddle itself overall grassroots etc and as you said it's the hamster's wheel the more money you get in one side hopefully will start turning the wheel and meaning that more money reaches all other corners and aspects of not just professional paddle but paddle overall so yeah very very exciting but i do think it could be time to talk about our own race
0: Very much so and the last time that we did this obviously it was the Menorca Open which um, I believe went slightly better for me but not that much so it does mean that now um, Hugo you're still leading I still got a decent margin as well of uh, 69 points and I myself I've got 59 points before it was an 11 point gap so now cut it down slightly by by ten. Uh, sorry, by by one. So we've got ten ten still to go. But in any case, we we've got plenty of points up for grabs e- each week. So uh, so yeah, let's get straight onto it. Hugo, do you want to go ahead with your predictions?
1: You know what? Yeah, I'll go ahead. And as I say, can't wait to watch this week's Malmo Open
0: oh, in Malmo, Sweden.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, just for everyone's awareness, we weren't able to record the well this episode on Monday or Sunday as we usually do do due to my illness, so now, given that it's Wednesday, we do know a few results. Many of you will know already, but Paquito and Chingoto are not playing in Malmo due to Chingoto being... Injured and having a niggle. And funnily enough, Coquinieto and John Sanz have lost in the first round in three sets against Bergamini and Reith, which was a big surprise for me. I wouldn't say it's a huge, huge surprise because Bergamini and Reith are a sensational pair. But yeah, just for everyone's awareness, our bets are being made knowing this information. Because I got to be honest, I would have probably put John Sanz and Coquinieto. In the semi finals, at the very least, given that Chingotan Paquito aren't around. But as I say, Indeed. I'll jump straight into it. I think the first semi final will be shock, Coyon against Lebron and Galan. And I think the second semi final will be Bergamini and Ruiz against uh, Stupa and Dineno. The results of those matches, I believe, will go two sets to love for Stupa and Dineno against Bergamini and and two sets to one for Coelho and Tapia against Lebron and Galán. And in the final, Supervives against the Bombarderos. I do actually think Coelho and Tapia will just edge it and win it two sets to one. Over to you, Guns.
0: Interesting. So I've got the same semifinals. I am going to vary slightly on the scores. Uh. I think, well, Stupan Dineno, also two sets to love against Victor uh, and Victor Riza Pergamini. I don't think there's there are many options there. But then I do think that Tapia and will win two sets to love versus Leon and Galan. And then in the final, I am going to go with Coyo and Tapia, ag- again, two sets to love. I think that... Basically, I think they're just gonna to have to seal the deal, and I think this is the last push. I don't think that they want to drag this on any longer, and uh, they sort of want to end their season here, quote unquote. Uh, so, so yeah, that's what I'm what I'm going for. And by the way, I do think that now if Koyan Tapia do win, even if Stupandino are um, finalists, I think that they will confirm the spot if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I do believe you're right, and. I do wish it happens because I just want to see Tapia and Coelho crowned, as you said, and as I've said a lot of times, they do deserve it. Not that Stupa and Dineno don't, but they do deserve it. I just, I really hope we can watch those matches in terms of Lebron and Galan against Tapia and Coelho. That will be a sensational match. And also the projected final Stupa and I against one of those two pairs. So yeah, can't wait for this week.
0: And actually, tomorrow. I'm just gonna actually correct myself because I've got a right next to me an article run by Nico Guarles, okay. who knows his stuff and he did do the math on on, on the number one race. And actually, if Stupanina reach the final, even if Koyan Tapia win, they will, will not be still confirmed as number ones. They will they will only be confirmed number ones if uh, they win the final. And Stupan Dino are semi-finalist or worst. So that is very interesting.
1: I think that's quite unlikely, gotta be honest.
0: Yeah. I, I yeah, yeah.
1: Not that they've got an easy, easy run, but Gogi and John are out, and Pagiton Chigoto aren't in the way, so I don't really see anyone putting much pressure on them.
0: But I I agree, but we shall see.
1: We shall see. Anyway, time to say goodbye, Gons
0: very much and yeah it's been a great episode as always hugh as always a pleasure talking to you about all things paddle and i hope our listeners enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you next time
1: catch you soon guys have a good week Bye bye